Ayan na, ayan na mga kameta, kamusta kayo dyan? Hindi ko plano mag-meta uh, ngayon kasi umabol pa ako sa mga ano ko, trabaho dito. Kaso napansin ko na wala na yata akong load eh. Pupus na yung load ko. Sabi ko bago makapus ng load ko, mag-meta tayo na mabilisan. Catch up tayo dyan. So kamusta dyan? Doon sa mga biktima ng commercialization at uh, American imperialism, mga ganyan. Then, Joking aside, happy Valentine's Day sa inyong lahat. I hope you guys are having a special day. Whether you're double, single, quadruple, kung ano man kayo sa buhay, I hope you're enjoying your day. Shoutout dyan sa aking mga extended relatives na nandyan sa Baguio kanina. Tumawag sila, ganun. Hi po sa inyong lahat. Sorry, I couldn't hear things well. Nandito ako sa labas, outdoor. Kakatapos lang natin ng some meetings with some friends from the diplomatic community. Uh, of course, in light of yung latest visit ng ating Pangulo Pangulo Marcos Jr. dun sa Japan. So, uh, I just had to catch up with some work dun sa mga latest na nangyari sa... Uh, kaya pala hindi sumasagad ng mga editors na Valentine's Day pala, no? Busy yata sila. Anyway, alam naman tayo guys, mga kameta, there are many good things that happened dun sa pagbisita ng ating Pangulo sa Japan. So, mukhang more or less settled na the Philippines will be one of the first recipients of security aid from Japan. So, hindi lang official development assistance but also overseas security assistance, uh, official security assistance, OSA. Uh, it looks like nakauwi ng $13 billion in pledges and investments si Pangalong Marcos Jr. Obviously, these are pledges but siguro unlike the Chinese pledges, medyo mas, mas may ambag itong mga pledges na yan. And hopefully, they'll create more and more jobs for Filipinos. Nakita din natin dito sa, ano, there'll be support for the Philippine Coast Guard. There'll be support for Subic Bay, uh, Subic Bay Development. Also for the Mindanao Peace Process. There's also a negotiation of terms of reference of a defense cooperation agreement. Most likely, ito yung reciprocal access agreement. Before, a much more full-fledged uh, visiting forces agreement is going to be signed. So, marami rin mga ODA, private investments commitments from Japan. Not to mention also yung Metro Rail Transit Line 3, MRT3 Rehabilitation, Post-Disaster Standby Loan from Japan, North-South Commuter Railway Project, and a CR Extension Project. So, billion-billion na mga projects na nakikita natin coming from our Japanese friends. Meron din Memorandum of Cooperation on Agricultural Cooperation at Memorandum of Cooperation on ICT, Digital Infrastructure Development, with our friends in Japan. So, again, ah. So, ang dami mga nangyari. Also, there'll be promotion of bilateral defense cooperation through regularization of plus 2 plus 2 meetings. And also, there'll be support for, alam nyo na, West Philippine Sea, Taiwan, so on and so forth. So, dito yung hawak ko yung mga full document ng lahat ng mga agreements na meron tayo with Japan during dun sa bisita ni Pangalan Marcos Jr. sa bansang yan. As I said, you know, I'm, I'm not fan of revisionism. I'm not fan of Strongman populism, not fun of performativism, all of that nonsense. But, but in fairness naman, pagdating sa foreign policy, I think Marcos Jr. has been right in every way that Duterte was not. Right? Tatay was not. No? I'm not saying things are perfect. I'm not saying the foreign policy is all set and done. No, many things can change. Many things can still go wrong. There are many things we still don't know. There are many angles that the president may have not in, uh, uh, considered. But I think so far, President Marcos Jr. has done so much better than Duterte. At least in his first six, seven, eight months in office, no, I think we have much more balanced relations with our counterparts around the world, which have a much more dignified position vis-à-vis -vis China. We have a 
we no longer have unnecessary tensions with our traditional allies like the United States and we have a very fruitful relationship with a number of countries, especially Japan. No, So let's look at where these things are going. So yun again, huwag kayo magalit kung anti-Marcos kayo at huwag kayo masyadong matutuwa naman if other side kayo. I'm just giving this with caveats. I think so far so good pagdating sa foreign policy. Ibang usapan na yung good governance at home. Ibang usapan na yung mga iba-ibang issue. Alam nyo na yan, di ba? Even na yan. Now anyway, since it's a Valentine's Day, let me talk about something that has nothing to do with Valentine's Day. Ito yung article natin, of course, na pinag-usapan natin, guys, yung ano. Ito yung article ko today on Inquirer, which is kind of a love letter to not only Madrid and Rizal, but also to a forgotten... Uh, aspect of our own history. Now, as I said, maramit sa atin mga Pilipino, we're very attached to America, we're very attached to NBA, we're very attached to Hollywood, uh, junk culture, whatever, everything that we find from the US. Um, <laughs> and yung iba naman sa atin, masyadong atat na mga beshi friendships sa China, katulad ni Tatay Digong. No? But one of the things that we tend to forget is, you know, we share centuries of history with, with Spain and And in the case of Madrid, yun nga eh, may kausap akong diplomat dun sa Spain. Uh, and one of the topics that kept kept on popping up was this. Kasi, you know, Madrid is a former seat of empire. No? And okay, I'm not a fan of empires. Empires do horrible things. Colonialists are colonialists. They're exploitative. Given na yan. But of course, there are different types of imperialism and colonialism. Not all of them are the same. Some are more brutal than the other. No, but going back to this, you know, if you go to a place like Istanbul, which is also a former imperial city or capital, the the writer Orhan Pamuk said that the city has a tinge of melancholy about it. You know, it has these traces of a long gone glory, right? And of course, the collapse in the standing that the Ottomans have had over the past hundred years is something that's been very difficult for a lot of them to process. No, now obviously now, of course, in light of the tragedy that happened in Spain, of course, our hearts go to the people there, and I hope there will be more accountability, less corruption in Turkey, etc., and more effective governance para hindi mangyari mga ganitong tragedia. Because you know, it's one thing for you have natural disasters, but if countries are not properly prepared, or there's corruption and malgovernance. Unfortunate people will will suffer uh, more than they already have, no, and, and more than just they shocked by the natural the natural disasters. Now, now he would say that if you go to Turkey to Istanbul, there's a beauty to it, but it's a melancholic beauty. But getting to Madrid, you won't. I don't think it's it's melancholy, Uzun or whatever that Oran Pamuk was think, talking about. I think the term melancholy is more applicable to the case of the Philippines. Because that tinge of a foregone glory, or that this city had more beautiful and glorious days, that's what you really feel about Manila, especially when you're in the more uh, historic quarters of Manila. You know, the intramurals area is like just a tourist spot. It's, it looks like a small preserved area, but it gives you an idea of how beautiful Manila looked once upon a time. And and so when when you're in Madrid, what you The sense it evokes in you is more of a sense of nostalgia. It's nostalgia for the time of Ariel Estrada when they were there. 
it's a it's a nostalgia of uh, once cosmopolitan global empire but obviously because hindi naman tayo Spanish and hindi tayo pro-colonialists obviously you're not nostalgic for imperial glory and all of that nonsense so it's more like a nostalgia for the glorious days of our forefathers no so nung nasa hotel ingles tayo di ba you, you, you know hotel grand ingles you sit down there and you imagine what brilliant men our country had produced back in the day no Juan Luna uh, Felix Hidalgo, I mean, these were the guys who topped the art exhibitions in Spain. They beat everyone from all around the world, especially from the Spanish Empire, across the Spanish Empire and the Spanish-speaking people across Europe. I mean, we had people like Rizal, who were one of the smartest people out there. But by the way, let me make it sure, uh, you know, as much as I want to talk about Rizal and all of that, I think we also have to go beyond just praising Rizal and giving him all the credit. Uh, when in fact he was just part of a bigger group. There are many, many other people who did a lot of great things. And I think we have, unfortunately have this tendency in the Philippines that we want to heap all the praises on just one person. You can guess who's the one person that the opposition wants to heap all the praises on. I'm not even talking about Lenny, by the way. You know, like one person there, you know, parang supposedly that one person is the only journalist standing up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm not saying that person per se is doing that, but you know, we have this tendency to just glorify one person and forget that one person is part of a bigger movement and that there are other people who are also making major contribution to nation building today. And in the case of Rizal, there were many, many others, great people, the Luna brothers and others who were also brilliant people who really contributed also uh, to the foundations, to the establishment foundation of the Philippine nation state, or at least nationhood before we had the full-fledged Philippine nation state by the middle of 20th century. Now, I, anyway, I mean, for me, alam natin na Madrid was not that beautiful long ago. No, I mean, if you look at Madrid, it has this kind of a socialist, brutalist uh, architecture, architectural heritage that goes back to the days of Franco. In the same way, pansin nyo yung mga parang CCP, yung some of the architecture that we had during the Marcos era have this kind of this bulky spaceship, Prometheus kind of look to them. There are also parts of Madrid that you go and you see this kind of socialized housing style. I mean, nothing ugly, but nothing also spectacular about it. And then there you go to certain areas where it has this kind of a, I won't say fascist light, but it has this kind of a brutalist architecture of, you know, parang yung mga engineers sa Prometheus na movie, yung itsura, hindi yung mga Greco-Roman and all of those curves and beautiful aesthetic uh, touches. But you can see that Madrid has improved significantly. So I was talking to some of the Madrilianos, including some one ambassador in all who's from uh, from Madrid, and he said, you know, when he was a child, whenever they go to Barcelona, he would say, "Wow, why is Barcelona so nice? How I wish we could have a city like this." Because Barcelona yeah, has Gaudi, it has architecture, it has it's clean. There's this kind of glamorous feel to it. But now you go to Madrid, it's, it's very well preserved. The, the historical quarters are very well preserved. The diversity is there. It's a super clean, squeak, squeaky clean city, much cleaner than Paris and Rome. And some of the major capitals that, you, that are better known across Europe. The people are really nice. The people are really welcoming. Uh, you can get away with broken Spanish or Spanglish, as I call it. The Vaso there were times now. I'll, I'll speak a bit of Spanish, and then if I, I cannot follow it through properly, I'll just put English there, and then you still get away with it. No, they're kind, they're forgiving about that. I really appreciate it, and I would say, to be honest, it's hard not to fall in love with the 
with the nostalgic sensibilities that the city evokes. I mean, there's really something about it. There's really something about it. Parang, ay nako. Alam niyo naman kameta, hindi naman tayo yung, ano, ang tawag doon? Alam mo naman, hindi naman tayo yung first time lang nag-travel gano'n. Alam mo naman, we have been doing metas from all around the world, including metas when I was traveling from, from you know, Munich all the way to Berlin, from south and north of Germany. We did metas in Paris, we did metas in Barcelona, you know, all across the world over the past year alone, hindi pa ako nag-meta from other beautiful parts of the world. But there's just something about Madrid and so... Given how Madrid went from a relatively ugly parang city from the Franco days to the kind of beautiful, squeaky clean, not to mention it has also over modern quarters like, you know, the uh, Santiago Bernabeu Stadium, pinuntaan din natin yun for Real Madrid and all of course, diba? Mga kameta, sumimilitan yung mga meta color na jacket. You know I mean? You know that this city was not that nice not long ago, and yet it, can, it turned out so authentic, authentically beautifully, authentically beautiful, especially in Sakaya, Sevilla, and Alcaraz, that area is just gorgeous, right? Uh, it, it's a small area, but it's so well preserved that, that it very much reminds you that the city had beautiful days, and those beautiful days can be frozen in time with proper architecture, architectural preservation, the proper city planning, etc. And then you wonder, sana Pilipinas, Maging ganun din isang araw, no? balang, bilang, balang sa araw. No? I mean, like, you know it's doable. But for that to happen, we need a number of things. And I think one of the things we need here in Manila talaga is a governor. A Manila governor who oversees macro transformation projects that go beyond ephemeral mayors and squabbling mayors and this petty barangay chairman thinking people, right? No, no, you, you, you need something more. I'm not against barangay chairman, but, but I don't like people who think like a barangay chairman we're already, when they're already in charge of millions of lives, right? I'm not talking about Tatay Digong per se, but you can connect the dots. Um, no, I think something can be done. But the, on the, on the other unfortunate thing kasi guys is talagang sinira ng mga Amerikano eh. Yung, yung, yung Manila, yung beautiful quarters of Manila were just completely devastated during the bombing campaign of Manila in the twilight days of Second World War. So remember we discussed this, if you read the book Rampage, it's written by a Pulitzer winning uh, American historian, the Chinese or in the uh, anti-US, you'll see that grabe ang daming namatay, ang daming nasira yung, uh, yung heritage ng Manila. So I really suggest you guys read this. So read it on your own. You'll just see, this is the book, no? James Scott, no? Please check it out, this book. It, it just shows one reason Manila is not that nice anymore is because it was just so devastated during the twilight days of World War II because the Americans, in order to avoid casualty among your soldiers, they just bomb much of the city, especially the beautiful center of the city, to avoid direct clashes with their Japanese counterparts. And we just conveniently forgot about that, how the Americans are responsible for much of the destruction of the greatest heritage of Manila, you know, the Pearl of the Orient Seas, no? Mm. But of course, we cannot also blame Americans for everything because we also had, what, 17 years after that, to get things together, or at least make the most out of what was left, and that's why I'm saying, sana meron talaga tayong Manila governor. Hindi yung imeldific style na pocket lang here and there para hindi talaga inaayos yung problema. But a real governors who really deal with the fundamental concerns of the city, like for instance in Jakarta, we see they have a governor and and their governors, including Jokowi, 
uh, a decade earlier, they really started to lay down the foundation for infrastructure transformation of Jakarta. So you can see Jakarta has made huge improvements over the past 10 years. Still not a very nice capital compared to what it should be, but the basic infrastructure has improved dramatically. So yun din ang, ano, yun din ang gusto natin mga kameta na sana, sana meron din tayong governor sa Malina, to really coordinate, ayusin yung Pasig River, ayusin yung, ano, yung interconnection among different cities to bring resources together so that you can invest in certain areas to preserve our culture, our architecture, etc. Yun nga, alam mo, yung kulang talaga sa Pilipinas, and especially sa Manila, walang poetry. There's no, it's just these nice financial centers like here in BGC areas or Makati or Tigas, whatever, and then these posh homes, whatever. But there's no, where's the heritage? Where's the, you know what I'm saying? It's, there's no heritage with skyscrapers and all that. These are just all new and they're all, they're not even that unique, right? They're more like copycats of the other skyscrapers you see. Personally, I really like skyscrapers. I'll be honest about it. I'm, I like height and skyscrapers and everything. But, but there's so much more to, to Manila than these new blocks and all. Not to mention, of course, that one-third of our residents here in Metro Manila are not given the decent housing that they deserve. So, we need some decent socialized housing. So, yeah, you need the government to really deal with this. Now, I'm not for federalism per se, but I think as far as Metro Manila is concerned, you need some sort of a government to coordinate efforts here. Kasi kung iniwan mo lang sa bawat mayor, may sariling discard each of them. Walang future talagang city na ito. Sayang! There's, it lacks, I mean, as Carlos Seldran, our good friend, put it, like, the city lacks soul. Eh? Because the core of city was so devastated during Second World War. But my argument would be, okay, it's true that the Americans were, were responsible for a lot of devastation that happened here, and as well as the Japanese, of course, who initiated the war to begin with. But it's not like we didn't also have 70 years to make something out of whatever was left. Because Japan was devastated, too. Tokyo was devastated, and yet they came back. Because they had good leaders, they had efficient leaders, they had hard-working leaders, and they kind of got things together. So, so that's it. So, while Madrid brings nostalgia, I think Manila brings melancholy. Yun ang talagang this is the fundamental feeling you get out of it. Not to mention Manila, of course, if you're a little bit less romantic about things, Manila brings out frustration, anxiety, and says, ako taga-Baguio ako, di ba? And unfortunately, that, even Baguio is not that nice anymore. But you know, para sa amin, nung taga-Baguio ganun, culture shock talaga ng Manila before, no? Like, just the massive inequalities, many people are homeless and not taken care of, how the rich in this city live as if, you know, they're in, they live like, alam mo yung movie na Elysium? Yung si ano? Diba yung mga rich, they live there in like that spaceship and then they're extracting everything from Sababa sa Earth to send up there. Para may pagkagano ng Manilang dating sa amin, no? And like, the rich and all have their, I don't know, helicopters and I don't know, they have their beautiful SUVs and Atitsundo, uh, all the stuff and all of that. And then the ordinary folks have to go through this horrible grind of, of, uh, of, just commuting. It's really, really hard. I mean, I used to commute a lot. I mean, yes, I mean, I, 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 I drive on my own. Thank God. I mean, I work hard to be able to, you know, afford my own thing, not because. But I don't have a driver or anything like that. I drive myself. I'm a strong and an independent man. <laughs> Just kidding. No, but. 
I used to commute a lot, especially when I was studying sa UP, no? Ay, grag, hirap talaga, ang hirap talaga. I also used to commute, not that regularly, no? When I was teaching in La Salle, going from my place to there. Pagdating ko ng trabaho, pagod na ako sa, sa, sa commute pa. Yung grabe, yung sobrang stressful and all of that. Not to mention issues about security. And I'm a man. I mean, siguro if I were a woman, I would be even more concerned about yung pag-jump up kayo, natuna kayo. So talagang wala akong sense of poetry kung ganyan ang syudad mo, kung ganyan ang transportation mo, broken system, ganun ka dumi yung Pasig River mo. I mean, from the skies, ang ganda ng Pasig River. Pasig River is gorgeous from the skies. When you're airplane, you look at it, and then you look at yung mga opening lines. I think this is sa El Filibusterismo, right? If you go to El Filibusterismo, I think the opening line in the second one, it's when, dito yung, you'll be introduced to Simon, di ba? And this is where Doña Victorina and all of these people, these key characters, protagonists, they're passing through Pasig. You could see that once upon a time, Pasig was like a, was a, was a river that was alive. And literally people are passing through, huge people, important people passing through. So like, from the sky, if you look at it, it evokes those imageries that you find in Rizal's novels, especially in El Filibusterismo, no? And then now what? And then now, look at it. Kunya in Rockwell area, ayusin mo yung Pasig na yan. Anong mangyayari kung madumi naman dun sa taas or sa baba? Wala rin say-say. So, meron kang collective action failure, di ba, in game theory. So, you really need the government to get that thing together. To bring this city together. Yeah, I cannot blame if there's no sense of poetry. If there's no sense of appreciation of literature, of the higher arts, right? And that many people just want to be, I don't know, just want to escape from their harsh conditions. Siguro, Oh, yung isa, gusto mag-beauty queen. Para, kasi pag beauty queen ka na, automatically, life will completely transform, right? I mean, the way we treat beauty queens here is like how we treat, I don't know, Nobel Prize scientists. Siguro na, no, not even that, more than that, no? Um, how I wish you also treated our chess masters and top scientists and thinkers and intellectuals the same way we treat, you know? No, but look at it, like, because the conditions are so hard, there's just no poetry. Everyone's looking for shortcuts. And people want to be like, I don't know, bloggers, YouTubers, and make it big. Everyone's... It's so, it's all about survival and hustling and all of that. So there's absolutely no sense of poetry. And when you go to Madrid, you don't only see the poetry of this once glorious empire or not so glorious empire, but you also see the poetry of our forefathers, right? The Rizal generation, the Ilustrado generation. And you wonder when is that going to come back to the Philippines, right? And you see, the skeletons of that are still here with us. You have still a river that can be cleaned up. You can still have intramurals and some beautiful parts, Manila Bay area, that you can clean up. Hindi yung, ano ha, hindi yung clean up na, ano, a Dolomite style clean up na Japex, ha. Yung totoong talagang clean up and all of that. So for that talaga, you need the Manila governor. Some sort of reforms really have to come into the picture. Anyway, mga kameta, I don't want to make this like a rant or all of that. Please go ahead and read yung article natin today, The Ghost of Rizal, because I kind of explain where I'm coming from in a much more organized way, na hindi sabog and all. Uh, and then, of course, later this week, nag-arranging tayo ng mga interviews with a number of our friends, including go uh, good friends or experts on Spain, Spain-Spanish-Philippines relations. So we'll continue this kind of conversations. Again, as we, I, I discussed with a good friend of mine, uh, a Spanish diplomat and all, of course, we don't want our relationship with things to be just a matter of uh, nostalgic, uh, uh, backward-looking. Uh, I don't want it like that. I want it to also be forward-looking. What are the lessons we can learn? Because Really, one of the most... Ito na lang kasi. You know, I spent a long time just looking at Guarnica, yung painting ni Pablo Picasso, no? 
dun sa Reina Sofia Museum. I really spent a lot of time. I was analyzing it. I was looking at different parts of it and talking to my good friend and all of that. And we were looking at it like Spain went from the horrors that were captured by Pablo Picasso and the horrific regime that came out of that hor horrific civil war. Spain came out of all of that to become a much more stable, prosperous, industrialized country that it's today. Of course, Spain still has a lot of problems in Catalan separatism. Basque, well, it's not as big problem as it used to be. By the way, a lot of us Filipinos, actually, our names are Catalan or Basque. I think first is Foronda, my middle name, na Ilocana. That's, that's a Basque name. It's not even a Spanish name. It's a Basque name. But anyways, putting that aside, I mean, Spain has a lot of serious problems. Uh, I remember in 2016, 2017, when I was in Brussels, there were these huge rallies for Catalan separation, blah, blah, independence. Given the end, but still, Spain has come a long, long way from where it was just a generation or two ago. So it gives us also a sense of hope that maybe if we get certain things right, we can put the Philippines on the right direction. And let's see. Malay nyo ba? Baka si Junior. Si Magellan Junior. Diba? Since mahilig naman sila sa arts and diplomacy. You know, hopefully visit Spain. The king of Spain. Sino ba? Carlos ba ngayon? Alfonso ba? Oh, will visit the Philippines. But we go more than that. We really learned some good things from Spain. How they overcame their dark past, their feudalism, etc. Obviously, that's not going to make some people here happy. The other thing I want to us to get rid of is, is this itong mga pretentious pa-Spanish dito sa Pilipinas na nagsa-Spanish-Spanish with this exaggerated accent or affectations and all. Hello. Spanish is just a sweet, lovely language. It's, 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 don't make it like uh, French diplomatic language, right? No, no I don't like it. So, as I said, we need a Spanish that is, that, that is relatable by both the Juan Lunas and Juan de la Cruz, right? And how I wish we were a truly trilingual country whereby we could speak English proficiently, Spanish proficiently, or at least basic Spanish, and Filipino or whatever national language we have proficiently. Today, none of them. Barely anyone speaks Spanish. At best, I can just pull off a Carabao Spanish, but I'm hoping, I hope I can really work on that and improve that. Because I think the accent, the, the attitude, everything comes completely natural to me. Um, and then, what? Tagalog natin. Marami sa atin. Baluktot. I mean, ako, I'm from UP pa, di ba? So I kind of feel bad the fact that my Filipino is not that good. Or hopefully it gets better or not good yet. I know na malaking improvement ang nangyara sa aking Filipino speaking skills. But still, I know I'm way, way behind where I should be, you know? Considering I'm, you know... I'm someone who's a product of the University of the Philippines. I know that, and I, I don't feel good about that. But at the very least, I try to be at least a decently proficient in English, right? But hopefully, we really become a nation where we're proficient in multiple languages. And now, even you look at the supposed top elite schools, we're, we're, we're producing a lot of graduates who barely can speak a single language proficiency or can properly write or read, write in a single proper language. And it's a pang frustration namin, marami rin Filipinos sa abroad, sa Europe and all, na hindi naging citizen or they then don't get the best jobs they deserve because they cannot speak the language of their host countries in, in the, you know, high culture ways, no? Like they speak calle Espanol, no? Or something like that. Street style, no? Um, we really need to do something about it. We really need to, We have an education crisis. We have, we have an attitude problem crisis. We have a lost sense of the past crisis. So all of this is contributing to the identity crisis and everything else that is contributing to the fundamental sense of rotherlessness 
that we collectively grapple with. Now, a lot of you, I understand, life is just so hard, you cannot even think about these things. But there are always idiots like me who will try to think about these bigger questions, these existential questions facing our country. And believe me, I'm taking it very seriously enough. I mean, I just wish as much as possible I can just avoid getting into petty fights with some people here and there so that, so that I can really focus on these big questions and hopefully come up with some decent explorative answers because no one really has the final answer on any of these major existential issues. But believe me, I'm doing my best using whatever privileges, time, talents, whatever I may have to, to, to really think deeply about these fundamental issues confronting our country. What I'm saying is that as difficult as things are, if you think through it properly, if you learn the right lessons, including from countries that have shared histories with us, including Spain that has more than 300 years of shared history with us, including countries like Spain that went from a relatively backward country just a generation ago to quite a developed, prosperous country today. If you learn the right lessons, I think Manila can still become beautiful. And if you have just a basic sense, since it's a Valentine's Day, if you just a basic sense of poetry, and romanticism, you can make a city like Manila beautiful again. I think it's very much doable and beautiful for the 21st century, not for the 19th century, 20th century. We're never going to go back to what we had in 9th century because our population then was what? 15, 20 million, right? No, we're never going to go back to that. Manila alone is like 20 million population today. So it's a mega city, right? But we can make it more beautiful for the 21st century and not just with these beautiful skyscrapers etc and BGC and all of that no but I mean, this is great I have no problem with that but I don't want this to be highlight of Manila I want the highlight of Manila to be a beautiful Pasay River uh, Pasay Pasig 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 River wala na jet lag pa rin Pasig River I want it to be a beautiful Pasig River I want it to be well preserved areas I want lively Alam mo yung poblacion area sa Makati. I think it gives you an idea whereby you don't need to be a posh or pretentious blow to make a place friendly not only to tourists but also to locals. Also a little bit affordable to a certain degree. We need more of that, like poblacion-like kind of... I know it's a bit gentrification and annoying and all of that, but at least there's a certain level of, you know, not just skyscrapers and steel and metal and all of that. If we can poblacionize more and more parts of... Metro Manila, including the old Manila, and at the same time, really do something about Manila Bay to make it really clean and nice, not just dolomite our way out of it. Then we can bring back poetry to the city. Then you can make Manila a place that you're excited to go to. No, not Manila, not a place you're just living because this is where you make money, or this is where you're stuck, right? Or this is because you're married to someone here, then you're stuck. No, make it the city of poetry. It's doable, and that's why I constantly go back in order to draw inspiration for the future. It's that constant dialectic process. Alright? Okay, and dama ko nang sinabi. Let me get back to my work. Sorry, and dama ko pang tapusin dito. Uh, dami natin drama. So, yun lang. So, yun ang mensahe ko sa Valentine's Day. What we need is to bring back a romantic sense of poetry about our city. Because this is this is a place where we live. Yung iba sa atin, dito kayo nanganak. They'll be here for a long time, right? I know sometimes sobrang nakaka-frustrate. You want to give up. Ganon. Or sabihin, ay, walang ganyan sa Europe. Walang ganyan sa States. Although, sabog na rin yung US, kaya hindi mo na masabi walang ganyan. Or walang ganyan sa Singapore, yung mga ganon. Yung mga nakakairitang ganon. Ako, I come back and I say, there's a thing we can learn and we can improve it. 
Now, maybe ako mismo walang makikinig sa atin. Diba? Sino ba naman ako? Diba? But hopefully, some person who has influence and all is watching us one day or is gonna listen to me one day and get things done. Right? Yun lang. Yun lang inisip natin. So that we can bring that base sense of bring city back to life. You know? You know, iba eh. Like, you know, Argentina, it's a economically bankrupt country, but still, they managed to preserve some of the heritage of their glory days in the early 20th century. That's why if you go to Buenos Aires, you kind of understand why it's called Buenos Aires. You kind of understand why the city was glorious, one of the five richest countries 100 years ago. Even if what's happening, even if their economy now is not really that good, no? let's see, maybe Messi will help the country. No? Uh, I was thinking, at least let's be something like Argentina, right? At least something like Argentina. But even that, we, we don't there. Eh? We, we don't even have the Argentine poetry. We lost architecture, we don't even have the poetry in us. But, yun nga, useless naman na purong conversation natin, wala tayo this, wala tayo dyan. I always say, you know, if you were in this area in BGC 10 years ago, none of this was existent. So the fact that in 10 to 15 years, we created a whole mini city already here, is a testament to how things can transform for the better, in a way, right? It's a more walkable city. It's a pet-friendly city, you know. But I hope we also apply that to preservation of our architectural heritage. To have more poblacion-like areas. Walkable, livable, breathable areas. Yun lang. At napansin ko, mahal ang... Mahal talaga dito. Mahal talaga sa Manila. Mas mura pa sa YouTube. <laughs> Ay, nako. Ayan. Gusto niyo mag-date sa Europe na kayo. Mag-date kasi mas mura yung dinner doon kaysa dito. Unless Michelin star siya or something like that. Alright. By the way, so I'm arranging now with podcast with some good friends. I'm also talking to Leloy. So hopefully before the end of the week, I'll also have one uh, uh, talk with Leloy, our good friend. So I'm arranging all of those things. And then hopefully, let's see, God willing, if I can get some support, some uh, sponsors, etc. We want to set up some proper podcasts like studio podcasts that go there, do the videos, kind of Joe Rogan-ish, high-quality production. Kahit a few lang for the year. Hindi ko naman ma-afford na. Kasi isa lang yung high-level production. I was told it's going to cost you 200,000 pesos or something like that, right? So, obviously, we cannot afford doing every episode like that. But once in a while, if we can, I can make hopefully like really high-quality uh, studio level podcast discussion, sit down, kind of Lex Friedman ish, talking to someone two, three hours. Really good people. That would be great. So, hopefully, that's something we can work on. So, baka magbukas tayo ng Patreon accounting to, to crowdsource din. Kasi, syempre, ayaw ko rin mag-depend sa corporate sponsors yung mga ganyan-ganyan style. Gusto natin as independent as possible, 100%. So, those are the things we're working on. Anyway. You see what's, what, what I'm doing here, right? Everything I do here is out of a sense of inexplicable love and attachment to our country. Because I just can see... Ganito kasi mga kameta eh. Shucks, paano ako ma-explain to? You see, whenever I'm abroad, especially kung ang connecting flight mo is Middle East, diba? You see all of these OFW friends of ours, you know? And... Uh, you can see the spark in their eyes when they see a fellow Filipino and they're excited. Oh, by the way, shout out Jen. Dun sa 
Mga kameta natin dyan sa Doha, sila ate na ano, may picture yata ako dito. Sorry, hindi ko nakalimutan yung name, full name. Ano. Salamat para sa inyo. Kumuha ako ng ano doon. Kasi ano eh, I wasn't at Finayan sila ate. Oh. Shoutout pala sila ate sa Doha. Thank you so much for being so kind and all. Hindi ko palang, ano, makana bang chinard sa akin? No? Parang hindi. Anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you hear these conversations. Like, for instance, you're in the airplane and then you hear the stewardess is Filipina and says, yeah, alam mo, last night nasa Pilipinas ako. Hindi naman ako yung kausap, pero yung iba. Parang, Siyempre, iba, hindi nila, not only they don't know who I am, yung iba, hindi nila nila alam na Pinay ako, di ba? So, um, lalo ko naka-shades ako and all, di ba? Um, Kala nila sigulo, ano to, Puerto Rican, ano, na char. Charot. No, seriously. No, I could hear them, like, ang tagal ko hindi nakauwi. And then they're like so excited. Oh, uwi na ako soon. You know, like, iba pa rin eh. Iba pa rin sarili mong bansa eh. Like, even if you're based abroad, you're earning well and all. Iba pa rin eh. Iba pa rin. And that was always the reason why people ask me, uh, ba't di ka nag-migrate, whatever. It's like, migrate then what? Be like, what? You know? Iba pa rin eh. And you could see... Even yung mga iba na maraming frustration sa Pilipinas, once they're back, there's this spark, this twinkle in their eye that never goes away, right? Even with all the difficulties and, and uh, poverty and grind, and, well, I mean like, grabe, let me say, yung immigration natin, well, talagang ibang klase. Ang haba ng mga pilas, lalo dyan sa Terminal 3, like, it's kehoror, kehoror, you know? Like, there's like 20 queues there, 5 lang filled up. Malamang magkakapilang, yung pilang haba. Like, yung mga ganang frustration sa talagang sobrang fourth world and all. It really pisses you off. But still, mahal mo siya kasi bansa mo yan eh. There's a familiarity and sense of rootedness that you're not gonna find anywhere else. You're not forced to learn another language because it's your mother language. You're not forced to prove your worth, that you're worthy to be an immigrant or citizen because it's your country. And then your family, your roots and everything like that. It actually reminded me of the daughter of ano, si Navalny. Alam, kilala niyo yung activist na Navalny, Russian daughter. She's studying in Stanford right now. And she was asked, you know, why are, is your family fighting so hard? They said, because we love, we love Russia, we love Moscow. So she's studying in Stanford, but she plans to go back to Moscow, uh, despite all the risks to her, despite the fact that if you're a Stanford graduate, especially in computer science or something like that, you have a very, very bright and profitable future if you're, you're, you're going to stay in the U.S. But no. She said she's gonna go back because Moscow is where their family is. Moscow is where her childhood is. Moscow is where their memories is. Moscow is where they read their Dostoevsky's and Tolstoy's and all of that. Moscow is where their heart is, right? Their identity is, right? So even if there are opportunities all around the world at Stanford graduates, being the daughter of Navalny, one of the best known activists on earth, who I believe should have really got the Nobel Peace Prize the other year. And I'm saying we should be like that. We should be like them. Right, but again, I completely understand people have to go abroad because you're not compensated properly here. You're 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 not taken care of, and few rich here they live like kings and and all at the expense of the rest deserve way more. I understand that, but if uh, all of us in some little way we can contribute to bring some poetry back to Manila to our country, bring some sense of progress, bring some sense of possibilities. And things can look far, far better than what they have been. And we can make all the sacrifices and hard work of our people well worth it. Alright, ang dami kong drama. Kamay na lang tayo mag-usap. Balikan ko kayo. Tami drama, no? So you can see, wala akong script. I'm just talking, you know, this is just pure, purely, it just comes from my heart, right? Everything we do is out of an inexplicable sense of love. Which may not even make, 
which really doesn't make rational sense, right? In any objective way. But it means everything to us. Thank you very much sa inyong lahat. I really appreciate it. Thank you so, as always sa lahat ng mga sumusuporta sa atin. As always, Ma'am Jocelyn Lombero. Very kind of Ma'am Eden Olonan. Katrina Frias. Riz Annie. Noemi Tablara. Yan. Lahat ng mga sumusuporta sa atin. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Let's talk soon again, alright? Let's talk soon again, alright? Basta, get soon na yan sinasabi ko. Get soon na yan. There are many things that I'd rather just not spell it out. But you know what I'm saying, right? Get soon na yan. Alam mo, kahit di ka marunong maru- mag-English or di ka marunong Tagalog, misan, dun lang sa unspoken words, dun sa mga gaps in conversation, dun lang sa mga twinkle in the eye or some say, certain facial gestures and gesticulations, you get to know what is being meant there, what we're saying here, right? Even the inexplicable is understandable, even if you cannot verbalize it, right? Yun lang. Ay, nako. I'm sure it's the ito na si Richard, ang daming drama, gagalang drama, drama, ang daming, ah, uh, bro, bro, sige, make fun of me, si Richard, drama, ay, alright, ayan, ano meron sabi ni Kat Rodriguez, wala, tapos ng conversation, ulitin na yan, one hour na tayo nagdrama dito, alright guys, thank you very much mga kameta, God bless you. Have a happy Valentine's Day and I'll get back to you soon. Alright? Let's have more conversation about this. So please, basahin yung, yung article natin, The Ghost of Rizal. It's actually, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's about the poetry of remembrance. No, It's about going beyond melancholy joy. It's about having a sense of future. It's about learning the right lessons. It's about learning about transformation and drawing inspiration and hope from it. Right? And it's about the logic and irrationality of patriotism. It's all about those things, right? Maraming salamat, guys. Thank you very much. God bless. And talk to you soon. Adios.